Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. Every episode we explore this topic with men and women who have some incredible journeys and stories to share, many of which have made life after death their life's purpose. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international bestseller, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I'm very pleased to introduce you to my new friend, Gary Wimmer, today. For 40 years, Gary L. Wimmer has been a professional, professional musician and psychic. I know I've looked at his website, he's an actor, he's done all kinds of things, but in this realm what we're talking to him today about is being a medium, intuitive, healer, teacher, spiritualist, and clairvoyant. I will let Gary talk to you about the books that he has and what he's up to. I find that he's um, very interesting. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to our guest, Gary Wimmer. Hi, Gary. How are you, Sandra? Good to be with you. <laughs> uh, good to talk to you. The most, the biggest reason I was stumbling upon my words here in the introduction is, I know you have one book, A Second in Eternity, but you also have another book, and I'm afraid I'm not going to pronounce it right. That's why I didn't say it. Lithomancy? Correct. That... Lithomancy. Oh! <laughs> You're right. Like lithograph. <laughs> like lithograph. Okay. So that's why I hesitated on that. Um, and why don't you go ahead and just tell us what that is before we get started, because I've okay. never heard that word before. Well, most people haven't. I started um, giving readings in the early 70s, uh, tarot cards, pl regular playing cards, and so forth. And in 1980, I met a lady who did readings uh, by stones, dropping stones, reading a pattern. I was fascinated by it. She taught me her her method, and I started using it as my main method, uh, because it involves reading 16 stones, which are basically 10 planet stones, Sun through Pluto, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Mars, Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto, and, and uh, six personal stones, love, life, luck, commitment, timing, and place. So you drop these 16 stones into a little thin piece of leather or lace or something that uh -huh. makes a circle about the size of a plate, uh, and you read it like a clock. And it's a very fascinating method. And in 2000 or 2001, I was curious how other people did it and couldn't find anything written about it. So I thought, well, I'll write a book. I've been doing it for 20 years. Very odd, good. You know? Yeah, I saw the video you have on your website, um, which is GaryWimmer.com slash psychic is where I saw it. And um, it was really interesting because I've never heard of such a thing I've at all. So it was just like, cool made me well, want to do it when i work at a lot of psychic fairs and mm -hmm. i do um i uh, use it and i'm the only one who's ever using it in fact yesterday there was a uh, i was in a film a documentary about a place called uh, devil's backbone and uh i was giving readings about uh the territory uh, to a man who's making the film his father and, the, and so forth and i used my 16 stones and just used it to center on uh, him, his father, that relationship, the place. A lot of versatility if you can read symbolism, because that's all it is, mm. reading symbolism. Coming from an expert, yes. <laughs> I think you, too, you're reading the symbolism, but you're using your own intuitive nature. I oh, absolutely. Say. Absolutely, yes. But, yeah. mm -hmm. but I'm not reading a fax. It's intuitive interpretation. It's 
via symbolism and certainly via experience, as you know. Right. Everything. Driving and typing are experience. You know? <laughs> exactly. Well, let's talk about this show because it's called We Don't Die. So, first of all, you have a great voice. So, any of the acting or music or anything you do, I could listen to you forever because you just really have a great voice. Do you know, let me comment real quick, Sandra. That's a great compliment. I really appreciate it. I've been a musician my whole life. I'm a crappy singer in real simple English. Oh, <laughs> well then. I, I just don't have the voice for singing, but um, I've learned how to talk and mellow out behind the mic and talk a little lower than hmm. my normal, more normal mid-range honk. So thank you. No, you're welcome. I'm not that much of a singer, but uh, I don't try I, it anymore. I can imagine. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you're gifted. One of the things, yeah, I definitely want you to share a little bit of your backstory, how you ended up being the extraordinary man that you are, maybe uh, what that second of in eternity was. Um, but also, before we are done with this, it's um, everything I see about you from being a musician and um, actor and psychic and everything it's you're up to so many things and um so many people i know say well how can you have the time for this or that and i think you're the type individual that you've tapped into say a bigger picture who you are what your life is for and you're able to create a lot of joy and follow many passions which would be a good byproduct for all of us i think well and looking back it has been that way uh while I was going through the last 40 years and still to some degree today, it's uh, figuring out how to make a living. And uh, because I'm an artist, right. you know, a musician, a writer, an actor, that, I'm inclined to do that rather than try to open a business. You know, I don't know how to do that. It's not my thing. Mm -hmm. you know? And real quickly, I got, uh, I was electrical engineer in college, graduated in 1970. But in um, about 65, 66, 66, uh, 67, I think it was, 66, 67, I, uh, there was a lady I met, and uh, she did a horoscope for me and told me I was very psychic and turned me on to Edgar Cayce and Madame Blavatsky oh, and other psychics. Yes. Opened a whole world for me. In 1972, I started giving readings. I moved to Austin, Texas, and uh, in the 70s, served two years as a conscientious objector and started giving readings. Uh, and then, in, like I said, in 1980, I learned lithium, and seeing that became my main method. Mm -hmm. But between there, and that's the uh, thing that we're talking on this show, I had a near-death experience in 1977. And as you mentioned about my book, I wrote a book about that called The Second and Eternity. It was certainly the most incredible, enlightening, uh, mystifying, uh, inspiring thing I could uh, ever go through. I don't need a second confirmation on that. Wow. <laughs> That's, you know, it's interesting because the others that I've talked to, it's like one experience can be so life-changing. You oh, don't yeah, need you get, a second experience. I mean, it's like you get the message. You get it so clear. <laughs> you get it so clear. It's so beautiful. Oh, tell us it's about so it if you would. Well, I can kind of tell you what I went through. There's a lot of books about different near-death experiences. Sure. Uh, they came up in the last 10, 15, 20 years. When I had my experience in 1977, I had no reference. Uh, there wasn't much written on it, and if there was, I didn't even know what to call it, to go right. look at the library about. Sure. Uh, but basically what happened in a nutshell is um, I quit a band to spend some time by myself, and the same night I came home, I started noticing I was picking up what people are thinking and, and going to say. And the next, I went to try to go to sleep that night, couldn't sleep. 
the next day, my roommate's walking in with the newspaper. I could read the newspaper through his eyes. And this was getting kind of strange. And uh, then I walked to the store, and I could feel the conversations of people around me all the time. And uh, the, the following that night, I went to a bar with my friend, and I could sit on a bar stool and imagine myself being outside. Uh-huh see the people coming in and describe them to him before they opened the door and came in over and over. And this is by the third day. And I was, um, it had crept up and sort of taken over my life. I couldn't imagine what normal life was by the second or third day. I knew I'd, I had entered some phase of something yeah. that was radically different than anything I'd ever even imagined or experienced. And because I didn't know where the switch was, I didn't know what was happening, I didn't know why. Well, I knew I was getting extremely psychic about everything. I had no idea why. And I, at one moment, it was enlightening, entertaining, and the next moment, it was terrifying because I thought, I don't want all this information. That's a lot <laughs> of responsibility, and you have enough in your own head, let alone listening to what other people are thinking. Right? Oh, it, it got so uh, fascinating and terrifying at the same time. Sure. It built up over a period of weeks. And the um, the book I wrote, Second Eternity, the first part of it, part one, takes you through the eight days of what I experienced. And I tried to take the reader actually through what I went through, and I've had a lot of compliments about it because so many people have said, wow, I felt things like this or close, or you described mm-hmm. this experience. Um yeah, well, I couldn't have even described it had I not gone through it. Sure. Uh, but after eight days of this, I start part two of the book, where basically, in a nutshell, I was a pedestrian and hit by a speeding car. And at that moment of impact, which should have killed me, or at least maimed me or crippled me, I left my body, saw it tumbling on the car below, uh, didn't feel that connected to it, sort of like, oh, that's... That's what happens on Earth. I'm flying outwards. And indeed, I was flying outwards. And I, I, uh, I was flying like the edge of a balloon, expanding in all directions, as opposed to going in one, like an arrow. It's like yeah. a balloon. And the first thing I noticed was most incredible. I could see the Earth from 360 degrees, all sides at once. I went, wow, this is strange. I'm not, obviously, these aren't my eyes. These are my soul, my spirit seeing this. Mm. And as I expanded through planets and finally through our solar system and through all the galaxies in our universe and got to the edge of the universe, went through this uh, realm that I describe as the colors because it seemed like this level of consciousness was at the edge of the universe. And when we come into the universe, we pick up this level of uh, the colors which, which allows us to be able to interpret uh, in our incarnation, uh-huh. where, where we came from. It's given us the uh, connecting the um, superconscious with the limited consciousness we have as humans. So I saw this realm of um, divinity, I suppose. And then I realized by looking at an infinite sky full of infinite stars, of which one of these stars mm. was the universe you and I are in that I had just left, and I realized there's infinite universes. And this was just blowing me away because I had no awareness of myself anymore. It was just an experience. It was like a color show, a light show, an incredible show of what, what goes on uh, outside the body without um, 
without me, any awareness of me personally going through it. Was it clear was. and vivid? Oh, it was so clear and so vivid to this day. I can remember it so clear and so vivid. It was so empowering, so beautiful. I just couldn't even imagine even going there, even looking back. The fact that a person can go there and come back still blows my mind, wow. but I know it's true. So anyways, as, as I kept expanding and saw these infinite universes, they seemed to sort of fold instantly over to this tunnel of light, which is really the best way I could describe it. And it pulled me in, and it actually feels like a tunnel of light, and the clouds, these silverish, bluish clouds are spinning around, and they're shooting me through this long tunnel of light. And I come out of the end of the tunnel of light, and I'm in this infinite blue mind of God, where everything is unity, and everything is, has the potential to be separate, all creations, and only one creation at the same time. Hmm absolutely no awareness of self or no awareness of witnessing it but being at one with it and somewhere in this process that seemed like a billion years of being in this supreme beautiful consciousness or not in it being at one with it somewhere it felt like I began witnessing it instead of being at one with it and I was instantly drawn out of it drawn back through the tunnel of light back into this infinite sky that was universes pulled toward a particular universe, which I had no idea why or where, because I had no idea of myself. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I entered this particular universe, I felt a connection with it. Like, wow, I'm connected to this place. And the closer I got to Earth, the more it kind of, I guess, felt more and more connected, like I'm headed somewhere. I was a little bit apprehensive. I, I liked where I was. I didn't particularly know what kind of world I was going into. Right, but it felt good, yeah. It felt good because I was flying so fast and the sensations were so beautiful and overwhelming. And it, seemed, it was timeless, so it seemed like it went on forever. Oh, but wow. I finally saw my body on Earth, and instantly I went right in the middle of this um, Guadalupe Street downtown here in Austin, and... um recognized my body and leaped into it, and boy, did I ever feel uh, great but uh, confused all of a sudden. Sure. What the hell was that? And I leaped to my feet, and, uh, of course, the driver's, the driver's panicking. People are screaming and hollering I because mean, uh, I'm, I'm not even hurt, and this car is almost totaled. Um, the story gets stranger. I don't want to be a spoiler, but... Um, Go for it. From that point on, I realized where I had been. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect anybody to believe me. I didn't care. Um, it affected me uh, then, and it has affected me every moment and day since, although I don't think about it all the time. Right. When, when I do, it's like I go into this supreme state of um, we can be in heaven right now if we want to be. Wow. That's basically the thought I choose to entertain That's because I've been there and my body was on earth so I can bring there to me. And that's the uh, challenge I try to live by, encourage other people to live by. That's great. Bring your heaven to you right here. As, as Christ said to heaven, what is it? The uh, kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. It's true. So that's kind of in a nutshell what I went that's through. That's amazing. So all the psychic seeing and knowing happened actually before you got hit by the car 
Well, I started becoming interested in psychic ability way back in the late 60s. Okay. And like I said, so I started giving readings in 72. And when this started oh, okay, coming okay. on, I knew I was um, had already uh, had an incredible interest in psychic ability, had already practiced it, was already giving readings, was, was learning it probably less through books than through life. Mm-hmm. Um, but this experience accelerated it, brought it to a whole new level. Um, it showed me even more how to read the signs, at least the way I do. And a lot of people read universal signs, you know, something that looks like a devil makes you fear and something that looks like a smiling pretty girl at a lake with a flower makes you feel good. Right. You know? uh, so, yeah, I learned a lot about the infinite mind, how to be at peace, you know, and I don't necessarily um, haven't f- finished. It's a work in progress always. I think we all are. Oh, yeah, it's always a work in progress. For eternity. I, I have a question that's just coming up. I've heard, I, I've done a lot of reading on near-death experiences, and no two are ever the same. There's some people that Correct. feel a tunnel. There's some people that are gathered with their loved ones, or they have somebody who greets them. Um, what's your take on um, when we die? Does it depend, depend on the individual, what happens? It does depend on the individual. Let me... Let me Say this first, and then I can okay. explain that. The thing that fascinated me most about seeing the infinite mind and the infinite God is the fact that that's where we, everything came from. And we here on Earth are nothing other than separation from it. So when we die, or when we leave this body, we never die. When we leave this body, we take a path that we have either created in the past, created in this life, karma, genes, experience, no two paths are the same out there. I mean, you're talking about an infinite mind. There can be infinite paths mm-hmm. to it. The light is still the light, the infinite light. There's only one infinite light, and it's infinite love and infinite creativity. And everything is a, an aspect of that. We are different than a chair because we have consciousness and awareness, and we know we live and we know we die, and we have awareness of fellow human beings. So all the experiences we've done, we've had in one lifetime, uh, or in all lifetimes, much less, they do accumulate. They do form our path from there to here and from here back to there. Now, they may change paths. Sure. You know, maybe another lifetime later, you've done a lot of different things, and you have a completely different path. Because uh, people do have different experiences. Mine, in a nutshell, was from the basement to the top floor instantaneously and back. <laughs> I didn't have any wow. stop to go anywhere else. So I can see certainly how souls could linger in a certain level of awareness or consciousness uh, and hang around Earth, hang around their own anger, frustration. I mean, you've got infinite time and, and you do have free will. So uh, that's why there's so many diversities of experiences. Um, most of them, according to a um, P.M. Atwater, I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with her, uh, she, there, she, certain people do have horrifying experiences. Uh, most people have pretty good experiences. Uh, to those who have difficult and horrifying experiences, I think it's their own fears that are bringing that about. And maybe it's showing them how to dismantle their fears. Yeah, it definitely yeah. could be. I don't remember, and I can't quote this, but I read something in um, Buddhism, about Buddhism, and people that were in the living after somebody had passed away really mm-hmm. there's like prayers that they do so that they don't see the negative and they don't the death experience is not represented by pain and fear so i know that can happen i don't uh 
I, I haven't been there to know. I, I do know of a man that had crossed over and he witnessed a lot of suffering, but then he moved through it. He almost feels like he was being shown, shown fear and shown pain and then shown the other side of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have faith myself, and this is how I choose to live life, that um, you know, there's a whole heck of a lot of pain and fear here on planet Earth, and but there's also some great stuff to be had too and so when those final moments come i'm gonna hold hold stick to my guns that um, oh yeah yeah it's, it's beautiful when you leave it's beautiful and you're right about fear we all face fear i faced fear during this period the uh millisecond before the accident when i and again, it's in the book. I felt these guardian angels. Uh, I I told them I trusted them. And they said you're protected, and then mm. this happened. Uh, so yes, uh, if you have faith, well, mine was kind of a leap of faith. But at that point, there was no question. It was just yeah, the, whatever yeah. whatever's talking to me is more aware of what's going on than I am. Uh, but fear is something we all face, and we all have to learn to let go of it because it blinds us. It does not give us light. It tells us what to let go of, just like a sticker in your in your calf. You yeah, know? and fear can create what appears to be reality, and it's not. And we can live our whole life afraid of something, and right. it, it and you, never existed in the first place. But, but because you, it exists in your mind, you're manifesting it in your world because you're seeing it affirmed everywhere. Believe in miracles, you'll see them. Believe in what fear gets, you'll see that too. Well, take your choice. Thank you for that. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose miracles. Amen. Because <laughs> it's true. I think the thing I realized through my near-death experience and have grown to realize more and more and more every day is you only have this moment. Only have this moment. And if you choose in this moment, you do choose. We choose to see if the world, if our lives, if, if the universe is enlightening us or screwing with us. Mm -hmm. And if we choose that it's enlightening us, that's what we'll see. And if we choose it screwing with us, we'll see confirmation of that. That's the power of awareness of the moment. And, and, and we can choose. We can choose. Absolutely. And I've heard many people say this, even in the darkest times we have, trusting and knowing that out of the darkness something great could happen. I mean, my book hit number one on Amazon on uh, U.S., U.K., and Canada, and not to toot my own horn, but instead to say it came out of the most painful experience of my life, which was the death of my dad. That mm -hmm. was actually had me research grief, had me share my experiences uh, why I feel we don't die and it was the whole process was scary even you know Gary I have to be honest I thought people would think I was insane for releasing it for writing about it I thought I'd lose my friends and family and it turned out to be the best thing and the thing making a difference for so many people so everything that's happening now in anyone's life you might not see how it's all going to play out but we can make a conscious choice that it's for our best interest like this is happening for me. May not understand it. <laughs> it might not be comfortable, but right. there's something great to be had out of it. Absolutely. And if we choose to interpret it that way, we choose the path of enlightenment, light, more understanding. Uh, and we do that every moment, whether we're aware of it or not. Mm. You know, you're driving down the road, and I get pissed off at stupid drivers. And as soon as I do, I do it to myself. I chose to be negative rather than go, okay, this just avoid this person be patient which is a, a affirming you know it's uh, 
So uh, we do it all the time. Yeah, and you just ha- sometimes we just have to catch ourselves in the act and say, Absolutely. oh, let me Absolutely. just shift this this way. Now, let me ask you something. With this really profound experience, do you feel that you're living a different quality of life than you would have before? Absolutely. And it's, it wasn't necessarily overnight. Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, I'm 66 now. I was 29 when I went through that. Uh, 30, you know, what, what, 36 years, 37 years. Um, I've learned to, uh, I've, le- I've become much wiser in the last five or 10 years. Mm-hmm. But, but I began to realize after that experience the power of the mind and the soul. And it's helped me deal with a lot of my own. Um, you know, issues. I'm bipolar. Uh, I put that in place. I didn't recognize it okay. until 2000, but I realized, wow, I have been my whole life. And uh, I didn't take medication, don't take medication. I go back to the experience of the light and let that guide me. I'll uh, even explain a little technique of using the light. I like that. Try this. Try this, okay. folks. About uh, two years ago, I lost my keys for the 37th time. Or- <laughs> And I searched in all the drawers for the 39th time, and they didn't reappear. And I thought, this is maddening. I'm not going to do this. I thought, Keys, you find me. You pull me toward you. Somewhere in my mind, my consciousness, I had them in my hand. Now I don't. Somewhere they're, I'm trying to find the missing synapse or use the power of the psyche and the mind. And I thought that every time I think of my keys in the next 24 hours, I'd put that in no keys you find me i ain't going looking for you You pull me and they did about two days later i found them where i dropped them and wouldn't have known i told that to my girlfriend she used that technique i used that technique here when someone stole some money out of my house Uh i used that technique just two weeks ago when i lost my keys again this time (laughs) it led me to the uh, recycling bin i'd had it in my hand when i dumped the recycling in forgetting they were in my hand and dropped them in there and i literally asked the signs to tell me and I concentrated I looked on the floor and there's a screwdriver pointing directly toward the recycle talk about reading the signs and that's what I went through in 1977 when I went through this by seeing all this psychic energy I can't express enough how much important it is to not only read the signs but create a system for yourself I don't lose stuff anymore well if I do I still lose it excuse me I don't lose it for long now oh. it reappears within, you know, a minute or so, just me psyching myself out. Okay, uh, wallet, wallet, find me, find me, find me. Not going to hassle with you. Find me. And a minute or two later, I'll turn and there it is. Oh, that's fantastic, Gary. Try it. Try it. It'll I work. will. I will. I'm looking at the clock, and this time goes by really fast, doesn't it? does when you're having fun. Yeah, we only have a couple of minutes left. Um, where should we go from here? Any... I, I want to read a quote, and I think it's your quote that I got um, an email, and you tell me if this is yours. The universe guarantees plenty of surprises, mm-hmm. so we all have limited control over many events in our lives, but we have unlimited potential concerning how we interpret matters, and thus how we act, react, and grow, and therein lies our real power. Is that a Gary Wimmer quote? Absolutely, because <laughs> it's true. It is. We're always in situations where we may not be able to control it, but we can control by free will. The best use of free will is how we interpret it. Oh. Is it. Is this moment enlightening me or screwing with me? 
It's a moment-to-moment thing. Oh, that's it, great. It's all you got is that moment. So choosing that moment to be enlightened and headed down that path, and you'll see it. Well, let's go ahead and share your contact details because you got me very excited about getting the stone reading. Um, let me pronounce it again. Lithomancy, right? Lithomancy, right. Lithomancy. <laughs> lithomancy. <laughs> see, it's a new yeah. word my brain has to get used to. Oh, it. I pronounced it lithomancy for a long time until I finally went to a rhyming, a spelling, a pronunciation dictionary. Oh, no wonder. Oh. Lith- like lithograph, lithomancy. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I think as human beings, we like to look good and have it right. and Amen. You know, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to mispronounce it. But you know what? <laughs> Nobody cares. So you can be reached at GaryWimmer.com. Correct. That's my homepage. Click on the psychic link. I'm also an actor and writer musician. Click on the psychic link and you'll find what I do psychically. Links to my books, uh, how I give readings, rates, schedules, all that information. It's a a dated website, folks. Uh, I'm going to change it. It's dated for now. But it shows us how to get to you and it also shows us that so much is possible within one life. Absolutely. We didn't get to chat about this, but I know before we started the uh, recording this interview, you were talking talking about how valuable it is to give and make a difference with other people and um absolutely the way we got here in a crude sense is by selfishness we left divine mind and separated ourselves and became ourselves the way we get back is to be selflessness to give it all back wow well Pretty simple formula, really. Simple and profound. And Gary, unfortunately, our time is up here, but I know we're going to continue the friendship elsewhere. And I really want to thank you for your time and and being so enlightening and painting such a wonderful visual picture for myself of uh, your um, moment in eternity. And what else can I tell you? For our listener today, I want to thank you also for being here. And remember, I, I, Sandra Champlain, do believe that our life here on Earth is an education for the soul and that your life is important. So if we take on a little bit of the homework that Gary was talking about, think about something you've learned or you've experienced today, whether good, bad, or indifferent, and how you can grow from it. I encourage you to go to our website, wedontdieradio.com, and join our being one of our subscribers there for some free gifts. And I'll also have all of Gary Wimmer's contact information so you can contact him as well. So thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on the next show. <laughs>